This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside the Birds is back. And so are the Philadelphia Eagles. Back in the playoffs again after winning last week and getting help with a Bears win over the Vikings. And now those very same Bears welcome the Eagles for an NFC wildcard showdown Sunday night at Legendary Soldier Field. What's going on, everyone? This is Inside the Birds, powered by Defend Your Head, makers of Protex Softshell Helmet Technology. Jeff Mosher here, Adam Kaplan there, Billy Osborne, former Eagle, with us also, as we always do. And guys, it's amazing. We didn't see it coming. Three or three, four weeks ago, maybe Ozzy did Adam because he did predict uh, a victory over the Rams. I don't know if he 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 prolonged that to. Say I don't that think he believed make... it actually. When yeah, he, said he, that. he kind of picked it. Was like, why not, right? right. But um, let, let's before we even get into anything, Adam, just give me the Eagles have won three straight games to get into the playoffs. They're a very hot team. Describe for me in one sentence what you've seen over the last three weeks. Impressive resilience. Back from the dead since the Saints game. Now they've won five out of six, averaging twenty-seven points per game in this over this streak of, of five out of six, and only giving up nineteen point five points per game. So, guys, impressive resilience. Back from the dead when I thought they were actually dead after they lost to the Saints. Ozzy, what's your biggest takeaway from the past three weeks? They never quit. They played hard. And everybody was contributing. They even found a role for some of the guys that were just getting into the offense. And I really like what the coaching staff did with the players that they had. They were formulating game plans for that particular game. And I really do believe they were taking one game at a time and it showed the way they played. My, my takeaway from the last three weeks, guys, is this. And we've killed um, some of the coaches this year. And fairly so when they were not, we felt, you know, living up to their reputations, both Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson. But I think those guys have made a lot of adjustments and really kind of brought a 2017 version back to what they're doing. Uh, Jim on defense and obviously Doug on offense, figuring out how to use some of his new parts. And what I thought their last game against Washington, forget the, the opponent, just the approach. I thought what they did and how they executed really was the, the most, to me, reminded me most of 2017 more than any other game this year. Yeah, Jeff, I thought it was interesting watching the game, then watching the tape, then talking to people. I never felt that, though they threw the ball more than they ran out in every series, I never felt like it was out of control. They Nick dropped back nine times more than they ran it, mm-hmm. but I never felt like this was so crazy like earlier in the season. I thought your point about it was very reminiscent of 2017. It had that vibe, and Bill talked about 
the way they were spreading the ball around. Even Josh Adams had three catches. He had a beautiful 13-yard catch. And Nelson Aguilar was very active. The tight ends were not overly active. They had six catches, but it wasn't so sided to one player. They No one caught more than five passes. This is a very good game plan. I agree with both of you guys. It felt like they were in a groove. His play college is like Mike Rose's contribution clearly has been evident on the, what he's been asked to do to get everybody prepared. I think Doug got back to his roots here. I think that's what it is, and that's what it's going to be in the Chicago game. But getting back to this past game, boy, they had Nick not gotten hurt, they, I think they would have scored over 30. I agree. But overall, Although they did get a touchdown out of Sudfeld. They did. One pass, and it was great. He got it out of his hands. He almost got hit, but he got it out of his hands. Great job. The bottom line is they dominated like they, th- they should have. We thought they would win. And I think they're back to their 2017 sort of vibe. I think there's no question about it right now. See, now saying that, though, uh, it's almost dangerous, right? Because we don't want to be suckered into believing that this team has cured all, all of its ills and now is poised to, say, go on a, on a Super Bowl run. They have a huge, huge obstacle ahead of them, starting with a 12-win wildcard team in the Bears. And then if they're fortunate enough to get past the Bears' odds, then they'd have to play New Orleans most likely and, and after that. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like... The September-October Eagles have been lurking around in each game, whether through a pick or blowing a 13-point lead like they they, they did against Houston. So I don't know where I'm at yet, Oz, as far as do I really feel like they are as good as they were at this time last year? Well, I think that both of you guys, the points are right on, and and, you 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 can break this down in many different ways. My personal feeling is that this was by far Coach Peterson's best game plan from an attack standpoint. I mean, you can look at the stats, and it's easy to say because they you know they were very balanced at the end of the game. It was 34 rushing plays, 34 passing plays. Obviously, they passed a couple more times, and they got you know knocked out of the pocket. But even and they were ahead. But even at halftime, it was 22 and you know 17 or 18 rushing plays. So they were very 15, very balanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, they were very 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 balanced, and it just looks to me that they 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 are in a group. And they're in a group from a play call standpoint. And some of the running plays, as I said to you, like the, the key in the Redskins game, in my opinion, is they were winning on first down. And when you win on first down, that means your scheme is really humming because you can know what you're going to attack and you're not being reactive because now it's second and 10 or third and long. Now you're kind of dictating the play calling. And that's what I think was the biggest keys and the biggest takeaways the last couple of weeks and very, very impressive. And I mm-hmm. do think there's, there is signs of this 2017 team, and there is some consistency going on on both sides of the ball. I feel like Adam has a 2017 stat. Well, well no, what, what, what I felt was good is, again, it's not so much balances. It, 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 you have to come up with a number if you want to call it balance. It's uh-huh. just it did from a, from a visionary standpoint. Even when they threw the ball seven times in a row, I never felt like it was not in within rhythm, that it was not within structure. Mm-hmm. What, sometimes when Peterson gets too pass-happy, you're like, wow, this is... It just seems like they're doing way too much and they have nothing going on with the pass game. This time they did because as we both, we, the three of us said, they were spreading the ball around. Yes, they, they dropped back nine times more than they ran it. They, he also, Nick got sacked twice in the first half, but I never felt it was out of control. This is, this is the vibe, but Jeff, you make a good point. You can't fall asleep here. The opponent this week is way better than any, of the, any defense they played this season. It's the best defense they're going to play by far. It's not even close. Now we're, now we're going to see how far they've come here. And Peterson talked about it in his Wednesday press conference that they've stuck with the run to a point, but as we know, and we saw it in this game, they never ran it more than two times in a row. Mm-hmm. I, I went through everything. I spent two hours on this this last game through tape and through numbers. 
if they don't run the ball well, how willing are they willing to stick with it? Because history shows not very much for the first half of the season. Over the last six games since that New Orleans game, something has happened, Jeff, to transform Doug Peterson. Well, I, it's one thing that really stuck out. I was talking with Ozzy about this before and why I, I feel more confident in their ability to run an efficient offense against Chicago. And by the way, we will get more into that matchup on Friday when we do our show at the Market Tavern. I hope everybody comes down and joins us. We'll be there from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock this Friday, which will be what, January th- uh, what, what's today? The 3rd? The 2nd. So it'll be Friday the 4th. Right, and we'll get into the the real nuts and bolts of the matchup when we're at the Market Tavern on 30th Street and Market uh, right across from the train station. But to get back to what they've done well uh, as far as having an efficient offense, and one thing that I've noticed, Adam and, and Oz, is that, and I've been saying this a lot, and I wound up being wrong because they've changed a little bit. Nick Foles used to be a pro- predominantly, almost exclusively shotgun quarterback. And when you're a shotgun quarterback, that means all your runs come out of shotgun, right? And that means it's either inside zone or outside zone. You can mix up the blocking schemes, but that's how you run. But over the last three or four weeks, you've seen Nick Foles go under center more. And to me, that helps because Josh Adams, his big 230-pound body, a lot like LeGarrette Blunt, is a better runner when you go under center and give him the ball. So now that you can do that... Right, and what you've seen is Nick be able to be able to give up, give Adams carries out of under center, and against Washington, what you saw was Doug being able to give carries to all three running backs: Sproles, Smallwood, and Adams from under center, and all three running backs out of shotgun. And so, one thing we've all talked about for September, October was the predictability of the run game. And I think Ozzy, one of the reasons why they've won on first down a lot with their runs lately is because. Opponents can no longer say, "Okay, we know exactly where they're what they're going to be doing and where they're going to be running because of either formation or personnel." That's exactly right. And when you look at it, and here's the thing: when you're at a shotgun, just visualize this from a defensive standpoint. Everything's in front of you. You see the ball. There's not much, even as far as predictability. That's one thing because of you know where they're heavy with if they have one back to the side or they're in motion or what have you. But when you're under center. And that quarterback then turns to go back. The ball is hidden from a lot of defenders. They can't really see it. So now you have to really be, you know, I guess you could say, you have to really be disciplined in your read, and you really have to figure out a way to see the football while you're trying to see through bodies. And it's much easier when they're in shotgun and those handoffs are a lot of times in front or to the side, whereas in, when, when the ball's under center, you really do have to track it and you have to see it, and sometimes you do lose sight of it, and that's where you play action comes into it and that's where sometimes you're able to pull a guard and guys can get a hat in front of you on the side that you need to block and you just get a little bit of a seal and you're off into the second level right. but i think that that's a credit also to doug because he's mixing up from center to shotgun and then also he's mixing up these jet sweeps and these ghost motions when they're running the football and that holds a lot of guys on the backside. so it's, it seems to really be humming now and that's a credit again and, and, to the that, coaching staff. and billy that's what you've been calling for it seems like like Almost three months, you're like, it wasn't about running the ball more. It was more about, what are you doing pre-snap? And I thought this game, okay, so so Jeff talked about the quarterback was under center more than he had been. Ghost motion. Motion before the play. Give the defense something to think about and, and, and where they can't get a key on you because this is something they really have not done very well. Disguise. And they, this is probably, if it's not the first game, one of the few games this season, Jeff, where I felt like, wow. I, you can't get a beat on what they're doing. Yeah. No, I, I think that it's coming at the right time, Adam. And I think, first of all, 
And we have to be fair to Doug. You know, he had a rookie free agent running back who had to be integrated into the offense. He did not have Darren Sproles for 80% of the year. He's had Wendell Smallwood really strangely kind of come back from the dead three times in one season alone. I've never seen anything like it, but every time this kid gets the ball, he makes positive yards. He's still not the greatest runner in the world, not very elusive. He hits the hole, though, and he makes the yards, and he's starting to carry guys. When he gets those shoulders turned, okay, the Cowboys told me this twice after they watched the tape, you can't bring him down. He's too big, Mm -hmm. and he's got real good vision. He's just a little fragile. He's ha- he had a ball security issue at Notre Dame, and he also had an injury history. Th- there's a reason why he wasn't drafted. He clearly should have been drafted. He probably should have been drafted in the fourth or fifth round, but he had some stuff that he had to get through, injuries and, and fumbling. But he's he- he's in it. In, and then I loved Smallwood, as you said. The thing about Smallwood is you could use him in both the pass and run game, whereas Adams, though he had a beautiful 13-yard catch, that's really not his game. Mm-hmm. And we need to mention one more guy, Darren Sproles with his nine touches, all impactful. It, where they use him as sort of a boxcar running back, where he's right to the he's to the right or the left of, of the quarterback, and the way they use him on an angle, he makes it. He goes right and then makes a sharp cut to run to daylight. Mm-hmm. It's working. Everything right now between Mike Rowe and Doug Peterson, all the criticism that we levied, it's all working now. It is. Oz, uh, isn't it interesting how last year? They really used all of their running backs, all three. They used Blunt, Ajayi, and Sproles in different roles, right? And now you've got Adam Smallwood. I'm sorry, Blunt, Ajayi, and Clement. And now you've got Adam Smallwood and Sproles. And I don't think it's as talented, but when used correctly, Oz, they, it seems like the roles that they're both all three are used for right now are working very well. It's it's incredible. And sometimes you know you do have to get in a little bit of rhythm, and sometimes that might take three games, sometimes that makes five games, ten games, but both you guys are right on because adding some of these pieces in there are huge, and Sproles, as we've talked about, is a matchup nightmare. He just gives you an entirely different dimension, running the football, and especially coming out of the backfield. Even if he doesn't get the football, he does only take the attention of the defense, and when you're looking at this, um, a lot of it, yes, is maybe dictated by the offensive line being coming healthy. It's also dictated by Carson not being in there. So there's so many things in there. And, and Adam is right. Like, I wasn't necessarily saying you got to run the ball, you got to run the ball to run the ball. I was just saying do something instead of just go shotgun and hand the ball off right. and, and let the defense just close on you. And I think that's what they really did in this game. And, I, you know, as you guys said, even in the first half when we didn't score and they were down, it, you know, you figure the first drive – because we had a, a drive that was stopped in the red zone because of an interception, mm-hmm. and then that would have been points. And then there was another drive when it was third down, and we saw something you hardly ever see, and that Golden Tate drop a football that was right in his hands. That would have kept the drive going, too. And in essence, then we had a punt and kick a field goal. So there's two things right there where they would have scored, and the score would have been a lot higher. But it wasn't that way, but they stayed with it, yep. and they were consistent, and then things started to happen. And don't forget the defense. No, we're going to get to that. Trust me, we're going to get to that. Because we've called for... We've, I was just about to say, if you go back into the, the annals of the Inside the Bird podcast, the two big things that we've spoke about this year, especially back in October and November, were that this team doesn't run the ball as effectively as they did last year, and they don't get the same number of takeaways. And I, I, you know, I went through all the stats. I said, I think it was 23% of their total points last year were points off turnovers. It's amazing. So it wow. just went to show it. How's that even possible? Now, here's another crazy stat. I, they, the Eagles have, I think it's eight takeaways now in their last three or four games. They only had nine 
going into no it's 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 more than that they have nine they they have nine or ten takeaways and they only had nine through the first 11 games of the season isn't that incredible well they're plus three now <laughs> they're plus three since the saints game they're plus three and don't forget they had the rare win where they were minus two against houston mm-hmm. so that that's good jeff so so you're right that to me has been part of this turnaround, right? And I, they got I, three takeaways against Houston. It's just that they were giving away the ball. Now, as well. so, so, yeah. Some of them. Look, the, the bottom line is they're healthy on the defensive line. The healthiest they've been all season. The only guy they're really missing is what Derek Barnett, Jeff. Who else are they missing besides Bar- Barnett? Uh, oh, and Josh Sweat was yeah, not Sweat. playing very much. Obviously, Jernigan coming back right. is healthy. He's yeah. back. Yeah, but but they're they're as healthy as you know they could be at this point based on what's happened, and it's showing. And by the way, another underrated number. Guess how many snaps their defense had in this past game. A lot fewer than they played like against 45. Dallas. I know that. That's right. a lot. It's like almost wow. half. That's yeah. half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's really bodes well for a game that they got to play in Chicago. Yeah. One, one other thing, guys. I wanted to just turn the page right back to offense real quick because we've talked about a lot about Nick Foles and how the offense has looked different because he's healthy and he's moving the chains as opposed to Carson. And we've talked about using all the everybody at your disposal and and really going deep to Alshon, which is something that Carson hadn't been doing. I think we've actually seen another change from Nick Foles in the last game or two. He is using the short passing game, right? I mean, he is peppering the middle of the field more so than we've ever... This was never what Nick Foles was. He was always that guy who was a really good deep ball thrower, and he still is, but Adam, he's completing 72% of his passes. And Doug, Doug Peterson talked about that Wednesday. He said, you know what? Now that it's year two in this offense, you're starting to see Nick, even Nick take another step forward in knowing down and distance and situation and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's called the quick game. And when I mentioned that seven pass in a row sequence, two, two and a half step out, three step out, the defense could not get set up. And they were taking every void in the defense. This, this is talk about your tape study and your, 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 your pro scouts giving you a, a good advance. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they knew exactly what was coming. And by the way, they negated Kerrigan, who's been a nightmare for them over the over the years. They did a great job against him. Uh, Preston Brown, they did a good job. Against, he had a couple nice plays, but overall, they they, they, they negated mm-hmm. their pass rush. They did a great job of, of, of coaching, and I have to give it up. Every, every phase of the game, look, when you shut out a team, I don't care how bad they are, that's impressive. It seemed like they kind of knew what to expect on offensive defense. Ozzy, what is that? What do you think it's done for the offense to have Nick now working the, the the short game, the middle game, and almost becoming a surgeon, which was never really his. Even when he was slaying Minnesota last year and slaying New England, it was. I mean, he was throwing great deep ball after great deep ball, and now he's really starting to pick apart guys like the elites do. I, I think that it just gives that offense not only confidence, but it really puts a stretch on that defense. And you guys. Uh, you know, kind of opened my eyes a little bit, especially in some of those discussions where Ad and I were talking about the offense and you were talking about the defense. And you go back and you really dive into it. And when I looked at this game and you see so many second and mediums or so many second and shorts, it is such a huge advantage to the play caller, to the offense when that happens. However, it's not always with the run. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing that, you know, you guys have been pointing out and I've been seeing here. And because you're able to do that, it's almost like a run. And that's how he's using the quick game. And that's really effective because I didn't think there was any way that the, the, the Eagles could beat the Texans without really pounding the football and controlling the clock. Well, guess what? They didn't necessarily pound it, but they controlled the clock with the quick game. And I think that maybe has to happen in Chicago. So let's say you go out there and you try and run the football and you see you're not having a success. Well, guess what? 
You can still do it with Nick because he's using that quick game and you can almost use it like a run. Who's the unsung hero of the last three games? I'll ask each of Unsung hero. Unsung well, I mean, he- player or <laughs> unit? What, what, anybody coach? you want. Hmm. It's a good question. Well, my, Go ahead, Bill. My, my, my coach, uh, only because, you know, I've been really, I mean, I think both of the coordinators, but I think that Doug uh, has done such a tremendous job right now utilizing, not only, not only doing his, I mean, there's so many things that go into it, but he's got tremendous balance, but also he's utilizing each player, in my opinion, to their maximum, you know, their maximum, I guess you'd say, their maximum impact to the offense. And I love the way he's mixing things up, and I love the way he's designing plays so that the offense can get in the rhythm. So for me, if it was a coach, it would be Doug. I would say it would be, you, certainly you can't argue that, but I would say Jim Schwartz, here's why. I thought they were done when they, when they lost to two starting corners. I thought there's just no way they're going to be able to rebound. They, they claimed Cravon LeBlanc off waivers. By the way, at one point two years ago, he was the Bears slot corner. Okay, This guy was claimed off waivers. He's mm-hmm. now their slot corner. Okay, he, he, He's basically a starting corner. Then Russell Douglas, who quite frankly, most people are not very high on. He was going to be their fifth corner and probably not dress a lot. He got pressed into service. He built off his confidence. And it, again, who, who knew this kid could play? Trey Sullivan playing snaps last week. Like All of a sudden, like he's playing like 40 plus percent of the snaps. He'd be a good candidate. Yeah. It, it, J- Jimmy Schwartz has done a great job. They're much maligned. See, the people, he's not perfect, okay? You could complain about every defense coordinator. Why, do they, why are they running this front? Why aren't they blitzing more? I get it, okay? Right. Sometimes he's a little bit soft on, on coverage. But everything he's doing now with this ragtag group of corners. I mean, Bill Polian on Sirius last night talk about he's playing like guys who would, would not even be on anyone's team. Everything seems to be working. And how about the kid that the, the Maddox, who Bill told us about six months ago? That'll be another good candidate, right? Yeah. So, so, but Schwartz is the one who's calling the defense. Give him credit because this is extremely difficult. What he's being asked to do, and somehow they're getting it done. And I didn't think they could get it done with this. You know, guys, to Adam's point about defensive coordinators not being perfect and often getting raked over the coals for one or two games. I mean, you know, Wade Phillips and Mike Zimmer are two of the best defensive minds in the NFL. And the Eagles have faced Wade, uh, Wade Phillips' defense twice in the last two years, and they've beat him. They, what, they, they dropped 43 on him last year and dropped 30-something on him this year, right? And obviously, you go back to the playoffs last year, Mike Zimmer's defense, number one, going into the game, they come into the link and they leave you know, with a 38-7 to loss. So uh, clearly, every, every defensive coordinator is not going to be perfect on every single day and not going to have the right scheme. And uh, we're starting to see the Eagles, as we've seen all year. I mean, they've, and last year, they performed fairly well against some of the elite defensive minds. So to your point on Jim Schwartz, I agree. He's been. Um, <laughs> you much... seem reluctant. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look at I, your facial language. I, I, I agree. I agree. I have to learn the fact. It's not perfect, man. It's not, not perfect. perfect. You're, you're absolutely right. But my unsung hero oh. is actually, you mentioned him, is Rasul Douglas. I mean, he was the fourth or fifth corner, not, probably not going to play much, pressed into action, really struggled early. But you go look at the last two or three weeks, not only has he made a lot of big tackles, big, big tackles at corner, he's also covered fairly well. And he's given that defensive line a chance to dominate because quarterbacks aren't just throwing the ball to whoever's covered. He's covering. So he's given the D-line a chance. But if you were to pick one for offense, I would say Darren Sproles. The guy has a touchdown in every single game he's played since he's come back from that. I don't think the Eagles are where they are if Darren Sproles has not, is mm. out for the year. 
You're 100% correct, Jeff, and that's what I was going to say. As if there always. was a player, yes. If, 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 it was, if it was, you know, obviously you can look at Nick Foles, and he's unbelievable, and he sets the record for completions. I mean, what he's, what he's done for this offense is, is nothing short of uh, uh, miraculous, considering all the circumstances, everything that's going in and all the moving parts and where he's at. But you can see what happens when you put a guy like Darren Sproles in that backfield and uh, he's just had such an impact on every game since he's been back. Uh, I would agree with you there. And for them to have success, I think this week it's going to have to be another Herculean effort from Darren Sproles. Yes, I love this. This is the second straight week, I believe, we've or second straight podcast where someone has used the word Herculean to describe Herculean, the yes. you got Herculean, Herculean. <laughs> Hercules was on this week, and my kids were watching it, by the way. It's very important. To <laughs> love know. it. All right, let's get into our injuries uh, segment here, presented by Defend Your Head, our sponsors. Uh, Tim Jernigan has played well since kind of, I think, again, you start to talk about 2017 and all the elements you need. You know the Bears like to run the ball. They got two really good ones. Having Jernigan back has been very, very helpful for them. Yeah, Jeff, and, and with Jernigan back, he played more last week. He's not playing like anywhere near that he played before the back injury, but he's a factor now, mm-hmm. and they are four deep at D-tackle. They've discovered Trayvon Hester. When they need him, he plays. And how about uh, Holonada making yeah. a comeback finally? Over the calf injury, as, Bill, as uh, Jim Schwartz talked about this week in his press conference, that's huge. Nada seems to make a flash play. Yes, a guy who's well into his 30s, as big as he is, makes a couple flash plays per game. Mm-hmm. So that helps him. And, and they're going to need it because Jordan Howard... Is on a like he's on a tear right now. He he was really a non-factor for three quarters of the season. He's a factor. They're going to need him because the Bears will they'll commit to the run at to some point. But I think overall they're in good they're good good spot here now. Nick Foles though. Mm-hmm. So talk to an Eagle source uh, right after the game. Whenever they examined him, I'm sure it had to be they had initial exam. They weren't overly concerned about it. Uh, th- this person said no. They kind of knew that. Barg something unforeseen on the, the the testing Monday morning. He was going to just bruise ribs. That was that was the initial diagnosis was bruised ribs. That was confirmed the next morning. Mm-hmm. But here's my problem: two straight weeks he's got a chest injury. The Bears know it. This is, everyone in the country knows it. He's going to get thrown to the ground. I'm telling you, folks. This this defense this is the best defense by far they've played. This is this this would concern me. Nate Sudfeld better be ready because if you keep getting hit in that area. It's going to get worse, and you saw what Jadevin Clowney did the week before, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So that's a concern. And also, Jason Kelsey had the knee injury, uh, whatever they put him on the injury report against Houston. Um, he looked, it looked, you know, you watch the tape. I watch the tape. He he didn't look quite like himself. That's just something to watch. He's playing. There's no question about that. But that's pretty much about it. Other than um, we'll see about Mike Wallace. I still would say I would be pessimistic at this point. But right. um, and by the way, it's working so well right now offensively. What's he really going to give you? Okay, one guy who could run deep. Aguilar's giving them that a little bit. Yeah, I would say if Nate Sudfeld is getting himself ready, no matter how ready he can get, Oz, uh, if he's in the game, <laughs> the Eagles are in trouble. So I think the two guys that really need to be ready, and I'm only going to question one of them right now, is your two offensive tackles. You got Jason Peters, you got Lane Johnson. Lane has been playing very, very good the last few weeks. A couple plays he'd like to have back, but in general, very well. Oz, you can't have your left tackle leave three games in to a game like he did against Houston. I, if, if the quad gets tight... I think he's got to play through it and just hope for the best. Well, there's no doubt he, he adds so much to that offense. And, he, and when, you know, when you're quiet and you don't hear his name and you don't hear an offensive line, that usually means a good thing. And uh, that's what you have with Peters out there. The defense doesn't try to load up on his side because they know it's going to be futile. 
They don't have always have to bring an extra tight end over there, so you get them out the, into the route. So that adds an extra dimension to your offense. You always have to stay in and chip or block. So it will be key, and I think the offensive line has been one of the keys also the last couple games because they've been able to do so many different things, and uh, especially against those rushing you know, defensive linemen that are coming up the field and they faced the last couple weeks. I mean, we didn't even hear the name J.J. Watt almost the entire game. No, it was, it was unbelievable. one of the best players. Yeah, he right? really was. And that's a credit to that offensive line and the scheme that Coach Peterson used and also the quarterback because a lot of times the quarterback gets you in and out of plays and gets you in and out of coverages and, and, and alternates the snap count. That really helps your offensive line. So that offensive line is going to have to play well. And you guys, I think that with the Bears defense, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts too, you know, you're going to probably see them have to utilize that short passing game because if they get into those long yardage situations, you're right. Five-step drops, much more opportunity for, uh, for Nick to get hit and those ribs to come into play. Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot about that, uh, Ozzy, on Friday at the Market Tavern. We get real deep into the X's and O's. Um, as far from an injury standpoint, I think it's good to note that nobody on the Eagles last week sustained any concussions. And did you know that every year in the United States there are more than 3.8 million sports-related concussions and that most of these injuries occur in children and young adults? Defend Your Head is leading a revolution in head protection with its soft-shell technology product called Protec. Protec's a protective helmet shell made from specialized polyurethane foam that absorbs and dissipates the energy caused by a hit to the Protec cover. Protec acts like an airbag, delaying the timing of the impact, just like an airbag delays the time of your body and head from hitting the dashboard when a crash occurs. Protec is scientifically proven to reduce G-force impacts by up to 70%. So for more information about the Protec helmet shell used by Penn State, Temple, and Penn football programs, or to place an order for your own Protec, email info at defendyourhead.com or visit them at defendyourhead.com. All right, so we're not going to do predictions because we'll save that for Friday. We're at the Market Tavern Live. Everybody can come join us. We'll be there from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, right across from the 30th Street Station. But I just want to do a real quick right now Kind of a feeling good or feeling skeptical about the Eagles' chances of going into Chicago and win. Ozzy, let's start with you. Are you feeling good or are you remaining skeptical right now? I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, if that's what you're just answering, I, I'm feeling good. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can give me why. I mean, I'm, you know. I think they're a dangerous team right now, and I think the one thing that you can't account for, and it's tough to put a stat on it, is that thing – or two things, that thing between the ears and that thing underneath the rib cage, and that's your mind and your heart. And I think the Eagles right now are playing with such confidence. They feel so good about it, and they're playing with such tenacity, and they've almost had four or five straight playoff games. And I think that level of play, that level of intensity, that level of competitiveness each week is only going to help them this week on the road. Adam, feeling good or still a little skeptical? Good, with just a slight hint of skepticism. Oh, what is this, a bar? You want me to shake that up? Yeah, on <laughs> right. I'll, I'll have that on the rocks, please. Yes. Shaking or stirred. <laughs> I, I just think that right now, and Bill's right, confidence does mean something. Mm-hmm. They, you, you, we've all watched them. They're very confident right now. This game is on the road. Now, what I like is that they, they won rather handily. The score is not reflective of what the game really was. The game, The win that they had at the Rams, you could say whatever you want. That a lot of big Eagles crowd. It doesn't matter. You built, you beat, you beat up a good Rams team that, by the way, has a bye this week. Okay, so so they're, they, that to me shows you they could win a big game on the road. We know what they did last year. That was then. This is now. So they take that confidence and knowing that they can do that. Mm-hmm. But the the one thing that still worries me, and it's going to happen. Maybe Matt Nagy's a pretty good play caller. 
So, and we'll talk more about this Friday because I talked to a coach who went against the Eagles, and he said, "He goes, Nagy's got to attack those corners. You you must go on the outside against Eagles Eagles mm-hmm. corners for whatever reason. And part of it is the Eagles D line is played; they're playing really well right now. If you protect, if you protect that Eagles offensive line, you attack those corners, and I'll be interested to see if Nagy does that. But to finish your question here." I feel very confident that Eagles can go into Chicago. I need more information, but we're going to talk about it on Friday. That's right. And my answer is this. I'm feeling a little bit of a parallel going on to last year. Now, bear with me. Last year, the Atlanta Falcons were in the Super Bowl the year before. They were defending NFC champs, had a very rough start to the year. You know, they were like, think six and six midway. They caught heat on fire, got into the playoffs as a wildcard team, and then went out to L.A., and beat the Rams in the wild card before they came here and lost to the Eagles, right? Well, look at the similarities, I feel like. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. They won it. They had a rough season. They got hot at the end. Now they go play a team like the Rams last year on a first-year head coach, just like McVay last year, a quarterback who's kind of a second-year quarterback who's coming into his own, like Jared Goff last year, this year Mitchell Trubisky. But that Rams team wasn't ready. They just weren't ready to win a big playoff game. I agree. And I wonder, with the Eagles getting hot like the Falcons did last year, if they're going up to play a Chicago team that has had a nice season, a big turnaround, just like the Rams the year before, but isn't ready to win a playoff game. By the way, the Rams did not have a bye last year. They played in the first week. Um the that's parallel, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the parallels the, are amazing. It's, 360 you're right. Think, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It, so it, it is amazing. That's why I'm feeling good right now. All right, that's going to do it for Inside the Birds, presented by Defend Your Head, makers of ProTech Helmet Safety Show. Remember to check them out at DefendYourHead.com. And also remember, we're going to be on WIP Saturday from 3 to 4 o'clock for Inside the Birds Radio. And on Friday, we'll be at Market Tavern on 30th Street in Market, right in the heart of Center City, Philadelphia, right across from 30th Street Station. It's a great Irish pub. I'll be there. Adam will be there. Ozzy will be there at 4 to 6 p.m. So come join us. Have great food. Have great drinks. Eagles talk in. You might even come away with some prizes. Have a great time, everybody. We'll catch you up with you next podcast.